0: Hello, Buzzed fans. Just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode was recorded a while ago, back in January. We were trying to release this with A Quiet Place Part 2, but since that's now been postponed, we're just releasing this for Monster May that we will be doing all month long. So we're starting this month off with A Quiet Place, and we'll be doing some other favorite creature features here in the future. So enjoy the episode. Thanks.
1: Welcome, welcome, everybody, back to the Buzzed Podcast. I am Jay Kington, alongside Mr. EJ Golett in the always sunny Southern California. EJ, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good,
0: Jay. How are you?
1: Sounds like you're doing great. You know what? I'm not going to be out
0: measure with my dick, so... Uh, It's been a long work week, Jay, and I need to unwind, and I'm also not feeling great, so I need something to soothe my soul.
1: It's been a very long week over here. Uh, Before we do get started with today's movie, seeing as EJ lives in L.A., I just want to go ahead and uh, pay our respects to the late kobe bryant who is tragically lost uh, i'm sure as everyone is aware by now um that one hit home man that, that one stung more than uh, than they usually do uh i actually was watching his documentary uh, kobe bryant's muse uh came back on i'd watched it when he retired uh, but it was back on due to his death and uh man our hearts out to uh, the bryant family uh, everyone in LA, everyone worldwide, man. I mean, that that was a, a massive superstar, and, and I feel like everyone's kind of feeling that sting a little more
0: than they would like. Yeah, I'm with you there, man. It's it's been a it's it's really sad, really emotional. I feel so bad for, you know, not only his loss, but the loss of his 13 year old daughter Gigi, uh, and the uh, seven other people on board there too. Like it was just so tragic. I could, I couldn't believe when I was reading through the list. You know, the the head coach, the wife. The daughter, and I think there was, um, uh, I think there was another mother on board as well, who yeah, so. uh, uh, there was watching one of the fathers' interviews. So sad, so sad.
1: It is, it is. I, and you know, not not enough, uh, not enough people. You know, mainly people are, are you know, paying homage to, to Kobe and, and Gianna, but but you know, there seven other people were lost uh, in that flight as well. Um, Some that I heard that was was kind of crazy, honestly, is that Kobe and Vanessa, his wife. Had an agreement that they would never fly a helicopter together.
0: That wow, they were going to really? take it,
1: that it was always going to be separate. So, wow. I know there's a lot of investigations going on to that and the fog and should sure they've been flying and all that. But regardless, tragic situation. Um, yeah. You know, someone that, yeah, you do. You, you, you imagine Kobe was going to be around for the long haul, you know. So it, it really is uh, just tragic. You know, but I will say it's it, it. The good thing is, like, especially in this Me Too and and cancel culture, um, someone can come back from such a nasty accusation and and still be respected uh,
0: among the masses. You know. Yeah, I know. I'm, I was really young when that uh, all of that was happening, so it kind of slipped my mind as I got older about all those accusations with Kobe and. Um, you know, I don't know too many details about it, but uh, as far as I know, you know, he was acquitted of all, um, you know, all of his uh, charges, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I'm just saying that like that doesn't matter. I'm just saying, like, in in today's culture, you know, like Kobe yeah. Bryant will be remembered for his legacy, not yep. only in basketball but as a person. I mean, as amazing, a great, father amazing and a great person, human figure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, without getting too sulky on everybody, uh, <laughs> let's just kind of go ahead and kick this one off. We'll go ahead with our typical intro, talk about what we're watching, but for the listeners, what we're going to be getting into today is a little bit of a low key throwback, not a major throwback, but you know, maybe a year and a half, maybe two years, but it's important because the sequel is about to come out in about a month's time. But we're talking about a quiet place numero uno and that's number one
0: (laughs) yes number one as in numero uno or uh you know the number one but yes uh we're talking about a quiet place john krasinski's uh great 2018 horror film uh which i personally love and have watched i think three times now it's just so fucking good
1: yeah i honestly might be like the the three times mark as well um Great movie. Do you see it in theaters when it came out? No, I did not. It's so tough to get out to theaters. I usually just Uh, uh, I usually pirate on the high seas. You know, me and my band of scurvy sailors behind me.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, you have a much different things in life because you are enjoying the finest thing in life, being a father. So I commend you for that, man
1: yeah man Um, constant smiles never (laughs) frowning ever upset
0: i saw this i saw this video today it was like barstool sports posted this thing on instagram and it was like a kid it's like a kid who got his foot stuck like wrapped around a seatbelt like six times and his mom like opens the back door and he's like what the fuck how did you do this and like the captain just said parenting looks fun and he just like had his like skin was turning red from it just like the circulation going off it's basically the
1: story of my life
0: <laughs> i can't wait to be a parent it sounds great It's a whole bunch of what the fuck <laughs> you know what you seem like you're handling it with ease and grace though man i'm sure it gets easier i'm I'm, I'm
1: well I'm, I'm i'm really pleased to hear that it comes off that way and that you think this is all graceful because ain't shit here graceful <laughs> this shit is just trying to keep him alive and not fall down a flight of stairs. That's fucking funny. He's a um, kid. yeah, he is cute. He's a he's a he's a cute little devil, but he's my devil, so whatever. Um, but in regards to uh, you know, new stuff you've been watching, I know it hasn't been terribly too long since the last episode. But what kind of stuff are you tuning into right about now?
0: Uh, for me, uh, I'm still watching The Outsider um new episodes like this weekend i don't have you watched yet Mm-mm.
1: i am uh, being patient and i'm waiting for mid-season point so i can binge the hell out of it and then act like i've been watching it the whole time
0: yeah it's honestly a good move man i, I kind of like i miss the whole like i'm so busy so like i hate binge watching shit um because it just like gets so daunting but I really like this whole like week by week format. I just like wait until the next episode because everything is just so now right now. So it's it's kind of nice to be like on Sunday, just be like, oh yeah, the Outsiders on tonight. Like I can watch this. Like I can just like relax for a second and enjoy this like terribly terrifying show.
1: Yeah, I get that. But like I knew it was gonna be legit because it's like HBO, but based off Stephen King. So I knew this one was gonna be one. that I was like, I what I I want more and more and more and more. So I, yeah, you know. Like, dude, I'm patient. I, I can, like, literally, if, if Stranger Things was released week to week, I'm okay with that. Hell, I live through fucking Game of Thrones being released week to week. I'm okay with that. But if it's something scary, like, I want it now, 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 now. You know, I don't want to, like, have that feeling lapse until next week. I want to keep that feeling going. I want to keep that, that heartbeat going, you
0: know? Yeah, I feel you, man. That's that's how it was for me with, um. oh, what came out last year that was so good? The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, man, dude, that that show was phenomenal. I love wow, God, who is Mike Flanagan, the guy who did all the episodes. Oh, dude, he's he's, he's something that must be reveled in the moment. Episode nine
1: yeah. when she comes up and yells from the back of the car. Fuck, yeah. I, I almost shot myself, dude.
0: Dude, I, I don't scare easy. Yeah,
1: I don't scare easy, dude. I grabbed Chloe like a little bitch.
0: <laughs> I made Kate watch that shit with me. Hold me. <laughs> no way. There's no way I could watch that alone. I still remember um, the the bent neck lady. That episode was my favorite one. Like one yeah, of my favorite yeah. episodes of television last year. It was so good.
1: So well done. I can't wait to see what they do with the second season.
0: Oh, me too. This uh, this October, man. I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, other than that, I'm watching uh, Avenue Five. Uh, it's also on HBO. It comes on like I think right after The Outsider. Uh, but it's like something I kind of like do on sunday nights and just kind of like uh watch before bed but it's like the same people who did veep have you seen the the previous for it i haven't uh it's like it's hugh laurie and it's got josh Gad. um those are the two big ones and then the guy do watch silicon valley yeah uh it's got the guy who was oh, i can't remember his fucking name uh it's the guy who was the weirdo who was like um the sidekick for uh uh thomas middleditch character like the main guy's character he was like a sidekick in the in the show the short one no the tall guy the tall weird guy who was also in the office fuck you'll know him when you see him he looks he looks like death like he literally is just like he looks like he's about to die at any moment and he's really pale and really skinny oh yeah Yeah, what's his name i can't remember i can't remember his name but he's hilarious uh but anyway, it's Avenue Five and it's all about um a space voyage that goes wrong and uh they're on they're in the middle of space in the middle of nowhere and their course gets thrown off and they're stuck in space for an extra three years. Um because it's like a space cruise and the space cruise goes suddenly awry. And like the big tech billionaire that built the whole thing, he's on board and he's a total fucking idiot. And it's really funny so far. It's it's only like three episodes in, but it's, so it's, it's really a comedy or horror? Yeah, it's like, a it com- It's comedy. Okay, okay. You'd like it actually. You really would. Um, Other than that, I think you just finished it. I'm watching Dracula, um, which I like. I'm I'm still only the first episode in. I kind of like got busy. You're not
1: watching it then. (laughs)
0: <laughs> do you but there's only three episodes i'm like all right, i'm gonna come back to this i'm gonna come back to this like is it that good because like, like the first episode i was into i was I hoping
1: we it. could talk about it because it gets fucking weird as fuck in the third episode
0: we maybe we should do an episode we should do an episode on it. it'd be pretty good
1: all right, all right. we can we, we can we can do a direct episode shortly yeah, yeah. well i will we will hold on to that combo then
0: Uh, And I'll I'll finish out my long rant with – I'm finishing up – I'm actually going to watch probably tonight the season finale of season two of Sex Education. Really good. Highly recommend it.
1: Yeah, I I do want to check that one out for sure.
0: Very funny. (laughs) Looks pretty solid. And, Jay, what are you watching right now, sir?
1: Uh, Well, I mentioned it in the uh, little homage intro we did, uh, but literally uh, watched Kobe Bryant's Muse on – hell. HBO or Showtime or Cinemax or stuff? I don't know. I get all the movie channels, so I have no idea. What <laughs> I think uh,
0: it's probably HBO.
1: Yeah, but seriously, just amazing documentary. It's like Thirty for Thirty, but on crack. There's no narrative. He self narrates it. It is. It is just so spectacular. From um, him coming out of high school, going straight into the NBA, having a you know horrible showing in the in in his you know first year in the NBA and then spending every day in the gym uh you know in the off season and coming back and just and then becoming Kobe Bryant the superstar as we know oh, him that in, sounds in, great. in season two dude it is it is it's a, it was a great series when I watched it I mean a great How uh, many episodes documentary it, sorry it's just one it's oh, like okay. a, it's like a two two and a half hour documentary it, it was great when I saw it in 2015 it is uh even more heartfelt now you know shortly thereafter it really ends with his achilles injury and his returning like it doesn't have like you know the final season or like that's the final game where he put up 60 points and was just balling out of his mind but you know given the uh the recent news of this month i highly recommend everyone check that out um outside of that though i did finish dracula uh i was hoping to talk about this a little bit but we're gonna hold off on that till you finish it uh yes extremely excited that project blue book was picked up for a second season and that just kicked off uh two weeks ago so two episodes deep
0: Are first episode
1: i love that shit man i love yeah. anything alien related i search on netflix hulu uh, amazon prime um even on demand so hbo showtime Cinemax, stars uh, encore like I always look for alien movies that's always been a serious point of interest you know to me um, Knowing the backing behind kind of the whole project blue book thing is makes it even more interesting uh, You put me on to the last podcast on the left they'll talk about aliens very often so um, yeah, definitely always something I've been super into and the first two episodes have been great. It was Roswell part one or,
0: or after Roswell part one and after Roswell part two. Uh, really cool. Um, cool. I, I need to I like I've watched an episode and it's I, not like I wasn't into it. I just. I get too side distracted with TV and I really appreciate always your opinions on things. So I'm going to watch this again and just get back into it.
1: Yeah, I never watch them live. I record them all so I can fast forward through the uh, the commercials. Um, a lot of times I'll just watch them like, you know, when everyone's in bed and it's just uh, everyone's Just you? It's, it's just me. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know if Chloe realizes how much of a fucking alien nerd I am. But um, yeah, you know, besides that... Uh, Still crushing Disney Plus with Quinn.
0: Um, I'm pretty sure Kate is out there watching Little Mermaid right now in the in the living room while we record this podcast. Actually, yeah, because yeah, we we <laughs> to
1: Toy Story, Big Hero Six, Mickey's Playhouse, like we fucking up, dude. Don't even. <laughs> you nah. know what I
0: watched? You know what I watched the other day, and it's I don't care what anyone says; it's a great movie. Ten things I hate about yous on Disney Plus, and I rewatched that. And I was like, Oh, oh yeah. my god, Fletcher
1: he <laughs> Styles, come on, man!
0: And, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, dude.
1: Did not realize this. Yeah, you know, he's he's so fucking sneaky, Joseph Gordon-Levitt.
0: Because <laughs> prior Passed to 2010,
1: up. I couldn't name a fucking movie he's been in except for Angels in the Outfield. But he had been low-key just doing stuff the whole time.
0: Don't let Don't let Five Hundred Days of Summer ever slip by your side sir you should watch it it's it's quite good i have watched it It was odish no love her um i've been like because i'm in la like um kate used to work for fox fox searchlight so we um it was like their 10th anniversary or something like that so like for it they did like a giant um thing for it and they did a karaoke night at the bar that they go to do karaoke in which is in downtown LA and it's like this little no nothing bar and I went down there for the night and we did like the whole thing and we did karaoke for the night and uh Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Zoe Deschanel they showed up and uh it was it was was pretty cool like they did like a little karaoke section it was like maybe like 50 people in the bar it was like it was a really cool yeah so. Uh, so, moving on. So we are talking about uh, A Quiet Place tonight. And as I said earlier, I love this movie. Jay, I'm pretty sure you love this movie as well. Indeed. Um, so, I do concur, sir. Uh, I, Krasinski, to me, has grown as a person. He has become a really cool uh individual not only from the office but just like all of his individual projects he does like i've really loved everything that he's chosen from here on out like i watched like jack ryan i binged that shit
1: hell yeah in a
0: day in a day oh yeah
1: hell yeah it's season so one and season two so 13 hours are you fucking kidding me yes they're are not hours? fucking american or something bro <laughs>
0: Uh, and also, I love the thing about Thirteen Hours is, uh, besides that, it's a Michael Bay film, and it's so over the top. It works; it works still so well. But they've also got Pam's ex-husband, who uh, it doesn't work out with. They end up fighting together in that movie, which I find hilarious still. Okay, great. Uh, but yes, A Quiet Place was directed by our dear John Krasinski, who who knew he could be such a great horror writer and director. Because, yes, it was also written by John Krasinski. And I don't mean it was fully written by him. There are two other writers on this. But I mean John Krasinski poured some pretty good details in this movie that made it great.
1: He probably had, like, the main idea. Yeah.
0: Well, it was his idea because from what I was reading on this that, you know, um, the other two writers, Scott Beck and Brian Woods, they dropped it on his doorstep one day. He... he fold across his doorstep and it was his idea because um maybe two i think two to five months earlier he had just had a kid and he wanted to make this movie more about um uh parenting and it'd be a metaphor for parenting so instead of making it like uh, the script that they had which I, I couldn't find any details on um he kind of changed it up to being more about uh, an alien uh, family like an alien movie and it being where they couldn't um, like they couldn't make noise and like they yes. used that heightened sense of sound to to really make things really scary. So um Krasinski changed it up to make it to become what a quiet place really became at the end. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Um, and from what I learned on it, um, the script, when they dropped it on his doorstep, uh, Krasinski revised the script to amplify the plight of a family surviving, a uh, family trying to survive in a world where alien creatures with heightened hearing attack the slightest of sound. Mm-hmm. And this came around the same time when he became a father. Uh, he wanted to something that he and his wife, uh, Golden Globe winner Emily Blunt, Smoke Show. Amazing. Amazing. I think we yeah, talked I about see. I know we talked about this earlier, I but what's your favorite Emily Blunt role? Uh,
1: uh, Edge of Tomorrow.
0: So fucking good.
1: The Iron Maiden or whatever her title is. Yeah. Hell yeah. F- uh,
0: I, I need to rewatch that movie. It's been a while.
1: It's it's, been a- it is very rewatchable. I've watched it. Fuck. It just went oh, under- Probably 10 movie. or 15 times.
0: It's weird how it went under the radar. Like, it didn't get. It really
1: is. And especially because, like, I love Tom Cruise, too, man. Yeah, I mean, Tom Cruise is a fucking fucking man, dude. And uh, really low key movie that went under the radar, as you said, but uh, surprisingly very good, especially if you like video games, man. It's not based off a video game by any means, but the premise of the movie is very similar to uh, the die and revive strategy of a lot of video games. Yep,
0: yeah. It's you know honestly the only thing I remember is the tagline, and I think the tagline was, "You die and repeat. You die and repeat. Live, live die, repeat, or something. Live, like die, that. repeat. That's what it was. So you know it was it was very it's much. It's
1: literally called Edge of Tomorrow semicolon live, die, repeat. Like when you see it on TV.
0: Got it. And and I don't remember too much about the movie at all. And I want to leave it at that because I really actually now really want to rewatch that movie. Um, so I'm gonna make a note on that one. Um, but anyway, uh, Emily Blunt she fell in love with the script for A Quiet Place, uh, and she knew immediately that she wanted to play the part of Evelyn Abbott, who would be Krasinski's wife. Um, oh,
1: so she fell in love with her husband's movie. Makes sense. Yes. Yes.
0: Well, they had never collaborated before before this movie, and it was. Oh,
1: they've collaborated quite a bit. <laughs> <thing. laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, they have collaborated, coabulated, coabulated,
1: coabulated. Be very quiet. We're on rabbits.
0: <laughs> Shh. Be very, very quiet. I'm collaborating with Emily Blunt. I. This is why it's called the Buzz, ladies and gentlemen. Love <laughs> it. <laughs> Anyway, Emily Blunt, she fell in love with the script and knew immediately that she wanted to play the part of Evelyn Labbitt. Krasinski wanted to put his whole self into this film. Fun fact about this: Krasinski didn't even like horror films. He found this and was like, oh, I want to do this. And he's never liked horror films before. He told friends that he was like, Oh, I never, I never want I can't even watch horror films alone. What? What? So you're telling me you were just like, yeah, I can, I can try to do this. It's like saying, oh, so it's like a you know Nick how to drive park. stick shift? No, but I played a few video games before, which is an actual story from one of our best friends. We asked Nick if he's ever, if he's ever driven a stick shift before, and he was like, no, but I played a few video games, yeah. drove stick shift perfectly, blew it's my like mind. My
1: friends when they're like, oh, well, I've got a dog, so it's kind of similar to a kid. Well, <laughs> exactly go fuck yourself
0: (laughs) you have no idea what it's like your golden retriever with a fucking top on does not count as a child at all you bitch dude the other day They
1: they may shit on the same floor but they ain't the same
0: jay the other day i was walking into work and a woman was walking next to me and it was raining and this is la for you she was with her french bulldog Walking in, and the French Bulldog has on a black, um, what did I like a black raincoat. But it was so tight on them that I looked at her, and I decided to make a joke to her. And I was just like, ah, playing a little BDSM earlier, were you? And she, How'd that like, work out? It didn't work out well at all. She looked at me, and we had to share about 10 awkward floors together on an elevator. And then... Uh, (laughs) So so how's your macchiato? (laughs) (laughs) I felt a little bad about it But this is why I don't belong in LA I'm too straightforward And I joke too uh, I'm gonna say
1: Fuck you and your goddamn braincoat bulldog
0: I agree sir I agree Um, But yes So uh, Emily Blunt She ended up playing Evelyn Abbott His wife Krasinski he fell in love with the script. He wanted to put his whole self into this film. And he, on top of that, not liking horror films, studied a ton of horror films. And I find this funny about this next part because I was reading a few articles trying to figure out how Krasinski got his method for this. And I was like, oh, how did this come about? And you know, he put his whole self into this and he studied a ton of, of horror films. And with certain films like No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood... I don't think those are horror films, but they have horror moments in them. But he thriller moments, yeah, yeah. thriller, moments. and that's exactly what a Quiet Place is. It's it's a horror film, sure. There are I'd say actually,
1: movies. I'm gonna revoke that oh. uh, suspenseful moments.
0: But don't those fall under the same thing?
1: Yes and no. Thriller is more of a to me kind of like kind of scary movie or. Uh, paranormal or maybe even alien situation whereas um suspenseful could be human uh based you know
0: okay okay i mean like yeah i mean like there are definitely but like the thing is like suspense and thriller and horror towed a fine line with each other oh yeah because they there are so many similar elements in there that I think that's why I love suspense and thriller movies so much is because like it plays off that unknown Mm -hmm. and like, you know, I, I think that's what always have attracted me to like old school movies like, um, the Fugitive or What Lies Beneath or any of those types of movies is, like, just those movies of, like, you don't know, but you get to figure it out at the end. Just, like, A Quiet Place is, like, you don't know how this began, but we're going to tell you eventually. At well, least
1: you, well how- you, you know what actually, like, mastered that for pretty much all modern films was the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre really because the trailer, like, yeah. you know, the trailer the trailer didn't sh- like the trailer showed stuff then it went black and you just heard their chainsaw, the chainsaw start ah, and they the tried they, 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 they did yeah they did kind of like trying and to redo and, and and do that same kind of sentiment with the remake they did in pff, god knows what year that was
0: 2005 something like that the one we saw right the one you and i saw in theaters
1: yeah where so stormed out of the movie theaters <laughs> screaming this is un-american but um it, it, it comes back to a place where, um, you know, what this, what's worse than the actual scene is, is, is your mind and, and, and what you can think in your mind, right? So if they leave a blank but add the sounds, then what your mind can uh, kind of see and, uh, and prescribe to that could often and in more cases be worse than the actual scene itself.
0: Yeah, I can agree with that. I can agree with that because I I really love something I watch every year. I'm sure many people watch. I'm sure you watch it Halloween. Macy's Day Parade. Halloween every year. (laughs) We were a little off. Well, that. Sorry. I thought thought we were
1: saying the same thing at the same time, but we clearly were not.
0: We're way fuck off, Jay. But that's okay. That's okay. Honestly, I watch the Macy's Day Parade too every year, too you want to talk about fucking michael myers man
1: shit that's a whole another episode right chair
0: it's it's going to be definitely closer to october we have to talk about that movie especially with uh the, another halloween installment coming out next year shit Bro, what is they the, name remade the, the remake it's crazy well I'm no sure. they they did i love what they did with that movie the the second one with that danny mcbride wrote um I love what they did because it's a continuation off of the first film, and they said "fuck," every other film that we've done so far, and that's All what right. I love. Did you just say Danny McBride wrote? Danny McBride you wrote. God, I love that man wrote, so much. It is so. He's he
1: is so good. He's so,
0: so good. Fucking amazing, dude. He he is the and reason. You,
1: and you know that why that makes sense is because uh, comedians are so close to depression, typically. Right. Yeah. Or like yeah, or like a comedy
0: total, and horror, totally. Or, like
1: or like a dark side, right? Yeah. So that make, that actually makes perfect sense. Damn. I have to because I only watched part of the of, of the newest one. I'm gonna have to go full boring now. I didn't know that, but wow. Okay, cool. because oh, yeah. I, I love I love anything Halloween. Rob Zombie does. No, I haven't watched the new ones. I watched part uh, of the very new one no, no, on no, the no. airplane. I'm not
0: talking I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the Rob Zombie ones. I'm talking about Halloween. Like, the movie that just came out, I think it was last year? Or no, maybe- no,
1: no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They remade their remake, because Rob Zombie did Halloween 1 yes, and Halloween yes. 2, and they just came out with a new one. So I'm assuming you're talking about the new one is Danny McBride.
0: The new one. The new one is Danny McBride, and Jay, if you Yeah, and
1: I watched, like, I watched 10 minutes it. of it, and I was like, yo, this is dope, but I don't remember any of this from when
0: I watched it previously, and it was a brand new one, so that makes sense watch it i mean like the great thing about the original movie that they did was like exactly what we were just talking about which was like that suspense build it doesn't show the kill Mm -hmm. and this kind of sticks to that pride in that like of it while still showing some horror effects to it and like you know newer Mm -hmm. new age stuff but it is it is really well done and danny mcbride and um Oh, man, I can't remember the other guy's name, but I'm pretty sure he's a writer. And I'm probably wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure he's a writer with Seth uh, Rogen on many films. I think it's Seth Rogen's other writer. But oh, like anyway, that's <laughs> oh, his name's Seth. His name's Seth yeah. Green or something like that. But, but anyway, I mean,
1: like honestly, part of the reason I like the 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 Rob Zombie ones is like Rob Zombie doesn't shy away from the gore. Like everything Rob yeah. Zombie does is, is pretty. Uh pretty gore. Like I haven't seen Three from Hell. I need to watch that. And I also oh. really want to watch um what is it? Wishes of Salem or House of Salem or whatever the fuck that is. There's there's one that with just Sherry moving zombie that's supposed to be pretty damn Ooh, I haven't heard about that one. Yeah, it's really low key. It's something um I'll have to look it up for us and, and, and interrupt, but um yeah, it's something about like um Kind of like a witch possession on a house And um, Well
0: I'm in for that Yeah no I mean I'll, I'll, I'll find it here but sorry I don't, I don't mean to interrupt us but continue. No, no you're fine you're fine I mean look I mean, we, we go off subject sometimes But anyway alright going back on to this To this film Krasinski He wanted to put his whole self in this film He studied a ton of horror films um, And he studied certain films like No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood And he really noticed that and I, like I Lords just Lords of
1: Salem. That. Sorry. Lords of Lords Salem.
0: Salem. Is what it's ah. All right. well, I want to check that one out because I just saw Three from Hell. Actually, I saw it in theaters when it came out. Really R. good.
1: R.I.P. Sid Haig.
0: R.I.P. Sid Hague. He looked. Did you see Three from Hell?
1: I have not yet, but I need to watch it that. I love everything Rob Zombie. Yeah, but I again, do too. You know, I'm fucking. Oh, I love like House of a Thousand Corpses. It's basically nursing a child from my own teeth. And I don't even like it. <laughs> <hate. laughs>
0: Yes. Uh, okay. So with with uh, No Country for Old Men, there for blood, he really noticed that the scenes were where they went quiet. They were really powerful. And I, I mean, I just watched No Country for Old Men not too long ago. Uh, again, and those scenes where where it's quiet and it's playing on like the scene itself where the bad guy's outside the door and he pops open with the uh, canister and it hits him in the stomach. And then he starts shooting him with that silencer shotgun. Like, dude, all of that stuff, it, it works so well. And I can see why he was like, oh, I want to do something based off of that. So he's like – and I'm quoting Krasinski here. He said, there was a power to that, a confidence that I wanted to put in our movie. And I think that uh, Krasinski liked this so much, this silence – that, that he put into his hour and a half movie That there's only 90 lines of dialogue In the entire film Yeah hey, it's it's pretty quiet. Pretty crazy it's Also crazy. shout
1: out to No Country Roll Man for the first movie To feature a silence shotgun
0: I didn't even know that was a thing
1: Until I saw that movie And neither did, did most gun manufacturers And they all figured it out shortly after That you can do that
0: But like it's not that quiet But it's quiet Way quieter than a fucking shotgun That's for sure
1: Yeah, most people think of most people call it a silencer. It's actually a suppressor. It doesn't silence the weapon; it just suppresses the sound.
0: Yeah, Uh, so
1: you you still get the heavy like you still get the heavy air release. Uh, You know, they're not all like a three hundred blackout subsonic. You know, military grade round that your boy has, but you know, (laughs) we're not going to talk about that, Uncle Sam. Well, we might, we
0: might, we might hear because I have some questions for you. Considering this film and the uh, the post-apocalyptic style nature of the film, I have some questions for you um, if you want to play a little 21-question round for me real quick. Um, I
1: do. I do, but I thought we should give the premise of the movie first.
0: Sure. Sure. For those of you who have been living under a rock since
1: 2018. <laughs> and the please... reason we're doing this is because the sequel is coming out. So we're covering an older movie. Two years old, not old, but we're doing that because the new one's coming out. Okay, but this is a very post-apocalyptic situation scenario. So everyone, can get your your zombie goggles on, but they're no zombies. It's more aliens made love to zombies, and they want to kill humans, kind of okay. thing.
0: So in a world, <laughs> there we
1: go. There's a point. I like it. I like it. Rolling
0: in a, in a world where. Aliens have taken over. Are they aliens? We're not fucking sure, but we're aliens have taken over and John Krasinski is forced with his family to put down bags and bags and bags of sand all over the place. We are introduced to a quiet place.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna put bags and bags and bags and bags of weed in place.
0: But dude, I'd rather keep bags and bags and weed stored because clearly they can't sense smell. They only hear the sound of a lighter going off, which John Krasinski clearly uses inside his puffy jacket to mask the sound. Because we know that motherfucker smokes some weed after a hard day's work. We know it. A hundred
1: percent, dude. I See, if I got to be quiet, I'll snort the weed. <laughs> I don't I even can't... know if it works like that.
0: I can't imagine. I can't imagine being this family. I can't imagine being quiet for this long and learning how to sign language. I need to talk all the time. I'm such an asshole. I'm such an asshole.
1: It's tough, man. But, like, so the whole premise of the movie is, yeah, so, like, these alien creatures are taking over the world and have pretty much murdered everyone. It's a family left to themselves, and the aliens are blind, but they have, like, uh very hypersensitive hearing. So you yeah. can't make any noises. So it's all about uh they use a lot of American sign language in the film. It's all about communicating without making a sound. There is uh pretty much in like the first 10 minutes is one of the most heartbreaking scenes you could see. Uh especially for like me, like a yeah, father. Yeah. Like everything hits different when you're a father. Um where the the opening scene is basically they're like in a supermarket trying to grab as much as they can their son finds a uh like a nasa space shuttle uh that has batteries in it and john krasinski kind of takes it and says like no it's too loud don't take it he takes the batteries out and sets the the space shuttle up on a counter uh the son uh, obviously, like, you know, a little upset that he doesn't have a toy or, or anything. You know, he obviously wants a toy, and his, his older sister gives him the toy and then walks out, and then he grabs the remaining batteries that were on the counter uh, that, you know, the sister didn't know about. John didn't, like, none of the family knew about, right? And then they're walking back to where they live and crossing a bridge, and the little boy puts the batteries into the space shuttle, and it makes some noise. And um, uh, John Krasinski drops his older boy who's carrying and tries to sprint back to the younger boy to save him. And right before he can get there, aliens swoop up and uh, kill his youngest child. Which, yes. uh, yeah, man, that shit that that shit hit you right in the feels, especially if you have a child. Uh, for me. Now, nowadays, I'm a bitch and I'll cry real quick in a movie if something like that happens. Um, so that was, that was pretty tough to see. And then, you know, it fast forwards, you know, several months down the road when they're back in their house and uh, everyone's happy. Well, not happy, that's not the right word, but everyone's living, I guess. Um, and you know, some things transpire. The aliens kind of hone in on their, um, on their location John's out with the oldest son teach him how to fish after yelling off of a waterfall where they can actually talk because if there's a sound louder than what they can you know if there's a if there's a louder sound than what you would make is talking then you're fine so there's a waterfall they're talking emily blunt is now like nine months pregnant and her water breaks and she's trying to get down the steps steps on a nail drops a uh picture frame uh aliens hone in on that and so she's in a tub they're coming in the house she flips a circuit breaker to change the lights from your typical light color uh to red to alert everyone that there's you know aliens inbound uh krasinski then you know has the sunlight off fireworks to distract them goes there basically you know comforts his finds his wife who just had his newborn child, basically self birth this child who's in a tub, um, you know, saves them and then goes back out to, to save his children. And uh, you know, another kind of heartfelt moment. Uh, his kids are trapped in a car. He's outside the car. Aliens are around. Uh, they can't see anything, but they know the children are there. So, in um, an act of ultimate uh, love and sacrifice and parenting, John Krasinski yells as loud as he can to distract the aliens to come kill him, as his kids can uh, escape. So, uh, you know, the if you're looking for a resolution, this movie is not the one for you.
0: Don't forget! Don't forget! They also figure out. They also figure out. Oh yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. How
0: to destroy the aliens.
1: So the oldest daughter is deaf and has had, um, what the fuck you call this thing? Hearing aids, I guess, basically. Um, And when the aliens come close, it makes a like high-pitched screeching noise as if a a microphone's too close to an amplifier or speaker. And that actually like deters the aliens. They can't take the high-pitched sounds. Um, So in his death, they realize kind of, What works so I guess that would be the one Silver lining Uh, The father still dies the youngest son Dies Uh, there's not much Shit that's sweet over on this Side we'll see what happens in the second Series but that's the base I just want Everyone to understand the basis before we get into The apocalyptic fun Part of the conversation
0: Yeah Totally and and the You know this movie is Very heavy uh, And very Um, emotional and, you know, it's definitely as Krasinski even noted, like it's a, uh, a metaphor for parenting. Um, you know, it's something that he came across after he had a child himself. Um, and it's something that he wanted to implement. And I think it really worked well. I think it worked well, with with what horror films are today try to do, um, you know, movies like Get Out or The Witch, they bring like this connection to things, and they they really make you feel for certain characters. And it's interesting because when I was doing the research for this film, um, the thing I liked about it was that that I found out about it was that Krasinski really used. Alien, the movie, as um, a basis of uh, an inspiration for him to to rewrite some things, because he was really invested in the character um, of Ripley, not the actual alien, but the investment of Ripley's character, and he yeah. didn't want her to make the wrong choice, and that's what I think we feel throughout the movie as well. Is like we don't want these characters to make the wrong choice. We don't want them to um do the wrong thing. We want them to live the way that we would want to live in the post-apocalyptic world. And I feel like that makes sense to us because like we you know, we really respond to that. Like I feel like if I was a father or if you were a father, if anyone else was, we would be like, "Hey, like this is exactly how I would react to this situation." And that's how movies work, you know what I mean? Like they they really Connect to you on an emotional level, and I think that's where Krasinski shines. Wow, yeah, I just, I,
1: mean, I would, I, would, I would, well, I am a father, you know, and I completely agree. Like in the, like in minute eight or nine, when the son is taken, and he grabs his face to, to like hold his, you know, yells of despair, but at the same time, he recognizes that. Like, he has to be there to take care of the rest of the family. Like, that's an intense moment, you know? Like, you you just witness your, your youngest child basically destroyed. Like, absolutely slaughtered. These aliens come so fucking fast. This little boy was absolutely destroyed. And he grabs his mouth, and you see the pain in his face, and he's muffling his cries because he knows that he has to be there you know for his family and you know it, it, it honestly it reminded me of a movie that, that that we saw together which was uh The Evil Dead which oh, so great movie. I know like and not not a lot of people like really liked that movie or enjoyed that movie as much as as we did but I know that we, when we were in that theater and after we left like one of the the common themes in there was that that movie was able to hold Suspense basically throughout the entire film, you know, and that's something that I think this film did as well. Because when you are quiet for all of the film and there's an insurgency by these unknown aliens or whatever the hell you want to call them, you know, th- there is a certain level of suspense that comes with silence, yeah. and it is held basically throughout the film. Because, like you said, there's what 90 spoken words or whatever
0: yeah there's 90 lines of dialogue yeah
1: 90 lines the majority of it is is being silent hiding trying to survive and you feel that you know as a viewer that they're dire times you know and it 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 it, it continues out through the whole film i mean it is it is a well-crafted film um it hits you hard if you're a parent yeah you know the suspense is there so i'm very eager to see where the sequel takes it if they combat and and fight with high frequency sounds or whatever but you know i guess you gotta you, you gotta have that like ground zero kind of point where you realize what works and if it takes your father dying sacrificing his life so his
0: two youngest children can live well I guess that's what it's all about. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I feel like we could talk about this, you know, for hours.
1: Like we could. I don't think you can make the film the same way if you didn't have a child.
0: Yeah, 100%. no, I agree. I agree. Hundred percent. I I think, uh, or 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 a really deep family connection. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I, I feel like you you have to, you have to know what it's like to really love a person to make a film like this. And I think that's where. Hundred percent. came in at the perfect
1: But the cool thing is, you can enjoy it even if you're single. And you don't. Have, if you, if no one loves you, you know what? We love you. All right. We love you. If, I, if, I'm holding up a heart emoji right now.
0: Yeah. But if you're out palms. there,
1: man, the movie hits you different. If you're if you're a father or mother, the movie hits you completely different. It hits you from a instead of being scared. single person will be scared a father or a mother that shit hits you right in the gut man and you feel that and it's so much more intensified by that and i think that i think that was a necessity that that krasinski had a son with emily blunt an absolute necessity to make a film of this magnitude because without it could honestly just go by the wayside
0: you know yeah, I agree. Some, I'm really glad that, that they collaborated together on this.
1: Yeah, there's something that you can't fake. And being a parent is, is one of those things that, you know, you, you feel some emotions that you, you can't fake. You, you, you know it. Not many people know, but you know, because you're raising a, a little tiny minion. And that should that that film, like, do you watching it again, like, even with Quinn being older, man, was it was just like even more emotional. And I'm typically like, I don't mind horror, or gore, or aliens. Like, I'm like down with it. Like, let's go. That movie though,
0: never it, sits it never sits well with me, man. You know? No, me neither, man. And I totally understand what you mean. Like it's it's a movie that weighs heavy on you. And it's 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 like the thing about film is is like you always have to not be mindful of who you're watching it with but like film is hard film is not like sports where you can just jump in at any moment and you know what you're gonna get out of it you have to prepare your mindset to watch a movie and that's I think what's so hard about to get across from film is like you have to really prepare yourself um, for the journey that you're about to take with whatever that may be and in this case it's Sadness, it's death, it's grief, um, and it's it's a grim world that they that they create and live in. Unfortunately,
1: yeah, man. Uh, I mean, it's one thing I learned in um, fuck what, sixth grade. They call it. There's an actual term for it. It's suspension of disbelief. It's it's what you experience when you read a story or you watch a movie suspension of disbelief. It's when you allow yourself to believe that these things can happen and you get into the moment, right? And this is a film that really allows you to uh, peer in if you want to. And um, absolutely well done because it hits on a lot of the primordial human instincts in a not so classic horror thriller alien yep. setting, um, but also in such a way where they can hold the the suspense really for a minute, probably five on to the end. You know, it is quite well done. Um, it'll be tough for the second one to stack up. Uh, yeah, there will be no Krasinski involved unless it is a prequel. Ooh, um,
0: I have stuff to talk about real quick. Then, well, okay. sorry, you finish up what you were saying.
1: No, I'm just saying, like, unless there's a there, I don't know. Do you know? Is this
0: a sequel
1: or a prequel?
0: Um, no, this is 100. Right, – and, and uh, you know, this movie, A Quiet Place, is the first. It, it's set in the first. It, it's exactly. Where no, be, well,
1: that's a step. A quiet Place,
0: place Where's 2, you about. Oh, okay. So, look, as we move forward in this, and I want to talk about this as we wrap this up. So, I want to talk about A Quiet Place 2, you know, as we're leading into this, because we have a lot of information to talk about this time um, going forward. But I want to be warned that we may be talking about spoilers here. We don't know. These are just speculations. But I do want to talk about it because a lot has happened since 2020 began. And in 2020, uh, A Quiet Place 2 trailer has dropped. Um, and I found out a few things about this weird world and things that are confirmed that are definitely going to be happening. So, Jay, have you seen the trailer yet for A Quiet Place 2? I have not. Okay. Well, you know what? You're going to get spoiled. I'll have to tell you. I'm going gonna... <laughs> to
1: uh, I, can, I can watch it if you, right now. You
0: know what? You if, you if, you want, want. if you want, if you want, go ahead. Here, you know what? Go type in a Quiet Place Two trailer. We'll cut right here. Bro, go find.
1: I don't, it. I don't. First off, I don't need you to teach me how to find a trailer. Well, I know what you know how to do. I, know I can. Do. I can Google with the best of them.
0: <laughs> I'm not gonna put this in the podcast. But go ahead and search it really quick. I'm gonna take a fucking piss, and then you. Yeah, do. me too. All right, I'm gonna wash it while, I take a piss. We'll be right back after this brief intermission. And now back to our regular scheduled program. Flashbacks, and we get to see day one. We get to see this shit happen from the get-go, and I'm so excited. Um... Uh, and it was confirmed today. I don't I think you saw this. You might not have. It might be just because I worked in social media. So, like, I follow all this shit. But today they dropped the 30-second Super Bowl ad that they're going to do for the Super Bowl. Uh, and Krasinski is confirmed to be in the movie, which is cool. Uh, I'm excited to see how he dealt with things from the get-go. Uh, like,
1: in, like in a precursor. Sentence. Yeah,
0: exactly. In the, in the flashbacks. In the flashbacks. Um So we also see that Emily Blunt and her children cannot stay on the farm. uh, And they are pushed away due to a fire breaking out. um, And this will push them further out into unknown territory. Uh, One thing that I'm really excited to see is how they they move a fucking baby in the wild. Like, how the fuck are you going to do this? Oh, we built a chest that's able to be soundproof. And also he has an oxygen tank on top. So it'll well, be that really, was in the first like, one. Yes, but now we get to see them moving about. Like this is going to be a completely different situation. Yeah. If you don't I have know, a baby
1: and you want to know what it's like to have a baby, just imagine. Just like go go to YouTube and play baby crying and just loop that shit for forty eight hours.
0: Um, that's what I do every night just to prep myself, Jay. I don't have fan noises. I have just, just to
1: sleep. Just to sleep. I have to hear baby crying.
0: I know I'm ready. I'm fucking ready. Um, okay. Also, we know we also know that they'll be packing another secret weapon with them this time. Yeah, I'm talking about the microphone, the microphone and the speaker that uh, the daughter uses in the first film to really disarm the alien and kind of disable it. Uh, yeah, it
1: exposes and, the armor, and you can yep. stab it behind the ear. So. Hmm.
0: If you're looking to murder somebody that is
1: not alien, you can also stab them behind the ear. It's pretty solid effect.
0: I'm excited to see what they do with this, uh, and I you know it really seems like this movie that they're moving more into uh, not about the aliens this time as being the real threat, but taking a different approach and making this post-apocalyptic world much about the humans being the real threat in this family. In this trailer uh, that I saw, like you know it's you see in the trailer Emily Blunt walk and she hits a wire and a bunch of bottles fall and they they crinkle yeah, yeah. and they cla- and they clatter and so like you know a human clearly set this trap for someone to get killed they don't care about other human life so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that because it seems to be a popular theme uh, in post apocalyptic movies where they take this whole thing of of, uh, uh, you know, humans becoming the main threat instead of, for example, The Walking Dead and the zombies were the main threat. And then all of a sudden, humans really became the main deal. I think they kind of switched when Negan came around. Yeah, right right.
1: you know? I mean, yeah, dude, that's that's the thing. Like, who who who's more evil? The zombies or the aliens or the serial killers or the humans, man? Yep. I feel like a lot of times it's that human nature which is the most scary part of everything.
0: Yeah, it's very true. It's, it's you know, I don't think there's anything more to fear in a post-apocalyptic world than us ourselves. Like, we are the real threat because we will always rise again, almost in a way. Uh, okay. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, so I want to play, not play a game, but I want to ask a couple questions here to kind of sign off, Jay. Uh, Just in terms of this whole apocalyptic theme and what we would do, I think everybody always asks themselves these kind of questions. Hey, uh, you know, what would you do in this situation? But I feel like you're a pretty prepared man. Um, And I think you're going to have some damn good answers as to what you would do and what weapons you would use in the apocalypse. Well, I appreciate
1: your kind sentiments. Yes, I do stay prepared for any. Zombie apocalypse, political uprising, civil war, small nation takeover. Uh, your boy stays strapped, man. So, uh, (laughs) come over and play because I've got multiple firearms and multiple calibers, and I have a whole closet full of ammunition. I could take over a small Caribbean country if Curacao wants that smoke. Curacao's gonna get that smoke. Uh, uh, side note: I also have a uh, what do they call them? A bug out bag, scram bag. Uh, at, you really? my, at my parents' house? No, not okay. here. No, not yeah, here. no, because I've got a whole bug out closet here. Like even Quinn's gonna be fucking rolling out with them goddamn so rifle on in them.
0: your bug out, like what 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 exactly do you have inside your closet? Like are you prepped to stay survival for how many days out?
1: I have somewhere between 500 and probably 1,500 rounds of 9 millimeter, 45-caliber, 5.56, uh, 5.56 with uh, armor penetrations, just in case it gets heavy... <laughs> uh, I just ordered a bunch of three hundred blackout ammo here for the newest setup. Uh, I, I fuck probably a thousand rounds of twelve gauge double lot buckshot, big old fucking goddamn slugs coming at you. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much fucking strapped up for a goddamn war. It doesn't matter if it's civil war or a nations invading or if goddamn zombies come, come come at me, bro. You're getting yours. Even so, I have at my parents' house. I don't know this. I don't tell them this because I'm not trying to freak out my parents. But there's a bag in the basement with about a thousand rounds, um, probably ten MREs, which are meals ready to eat, uh, military meals ready to go, provided by none other than your boy E.J. Golit. Uh, I forgot honey, I gave
0: uh, those to you
1: Yeah dude Honey yeah. knives, matches uh, Bags Just, I'm not like a paranoid Bug out freak But you know Brother, brother be prepared have, or not
0: Do your parents ready for this? Do they know where it is?
1: No they have no fucking idea dude. <laughs> <laughs> I told my dad one time when I was drunk, but he was drunk, so I don't think he remembers. So if, it, like, if shit hi- ever if shit ever got get haywire, be like, yo, dad, go down to the basement, go into the cat litter room, the unfinished room. Look to the right. There's gonna be a black backpack. Grab that backpack. The guns are right next to. It. I've literally i've i've laid everything out to where I can just provide basic instructions. Like grab this, grab these, and go and do what you need grab the cat throw the cat in the backpack save nala we rolling out and That's hilarious. i'll probably come meet them because i think kentucky's a safer place in florida and if i gotta shoot my fucking way through a couple fucking uh you know roadblocks oh well, hey I got that in Florida too. So in Kentucky it's like the more like soft, like, you know, hey, we're nice, you know, we'll kill you if we have to. But when I if shit pops off, I'm coming out of Florida fucking guns blazing. Like if you're on the road, you're gonna get probably shot.
0: You're very much a zombie land type of guy, man. You're prepped, man. You're almost you're almost like Jesse Eisenberg's character. Oh, yeah,
1: When I pull out the fucking whip with the 50-round clip on the fucking 300 blackout, oh, it's on, baby. It's on.
0: (laughs) Well, I would say you're definitely more prepared than I am. I have, if anyone cares to know, I have a full case of water under my bed.
1: (laughs) You're just going to throw it at him him nicely. Yeah, and I'm just going to
0: be like, are you thirsty, zombie? Are you thirsty? Two. Fucking bad and then I'll the door on his bad.
1: face. No man, see that, that that's our difference, man. I, I have I have I have guns in basically every room of my house. So that's so if, funny. Yeah, I had someone try and, I, I, I had I had someone try and break into my house and it didn't end well once the once the 45 was within an arm's reach of me, which was literally three steps back from the door. So so
0: you, you had someone try to break in your house? Was this like a big situation, or was this like a random robbery one night? Oh, I drew down.
1: Oh yeah, really? No, I was fully ready to fucking. I didn't know now. about this. Oh uh, shit! Man. And nowadays, I it's it's super easy to get away with it nowadays, especially in Florida, dude. Like I got a family upstairs. I feel threatened. You threatened me? Yeah, I'm gonna shoot your kneecap. I'm not trying to kill anybody, but I will maim you.
0: <laughs>
1: i'll, I'll hey make it fill it for maybe we'll years.
0: stop somebody but in the apocalypse i think you're gonna have to shoot for the head
1: oh yeah I'm, well, i mean you know i got the hollow tips i got the full metal jackets i got the armor piercing i, uh, I, I like to, i like to mix it up dude you know i like i like to, i just play like roulette when i load my magazines so like you never know like hey you can get like the easy like full metal jacket in and now you can get like the the fucking armor piercing or are you just gonna get a hollow tip and rotting out your body? You know, I like to keep them guessing,
0: man. I'm a gamesman. I'm a gamesman. <sighs> oh man, hey man, you're more prepared than I am. And look, Jay, Next as, day, we,
1: uh, as we, I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm, If Curacao talks more shit, I'm gonna take over Curacao. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Say one more thing, Curacao. Say one more fucking thing.
0: As we kind of head into closing here, Jay, are you – look, I wanted to give it a second. Do you have uh, anything to shout out, any type of self-promotion that you'd like to give to yourself?
1: Uh, Other than being just a a very respectful and and polite member of society that would never cause violence unless violence is brought to my door. Uh, listen to the Inner Miami podcast. If you're like soccer and you want to follow a uh, David Beckham soccer team down here in Miami. Besides that, again, I'm a nice guy, man. Just don't break in my house.
0: Please don't break into his house. Like I like every single one of you. I don't want to see you dead. Uh, and Jay has a killer shot. We've shot a couple times before, and um, he's scary. He's very scary. But uh, you know what, guys? This has been a really fun episode. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I'm really glad that it exists, and I can't wait for the second film. Um, I know we always talk about this at one point in our episode. Jay, what's your rating for it as we kind of come to a close here? Uh, 6.5. Ooh, whoa, that's low. Why that low? Um
1: it's, it, it hits an emotional point, but it doesn't hit what I'm looking for it, from a horror movie standpoint. Okay. It's, it's, it's great, but the ratings I'm going to give anything on this podcast, because we primarily base this podcast off horror movies in um, actual fear felt. Uh, so I'm going to go 6.5. I mean, it, like, emotionally, probably 8.59. Okay. Um, but as far as fear goes, I think 6.5.
0: Uh, I'm going to go higher. I'm going to go, I'm going to go much higher. I'm going to go with a nine. Wow. Um, I think this is, yeah, I I think this is a really great film. Even upon my third time watching it, I still love it. I love the emotion I get from it. I love the feeling I get from it. Uh, and I love the connection it has with family ties to it. So it, it ranks highly for me for those reasons. I, I was scared. If I was looking at a fear scale, it's much less, maybe a five. Um, you know, but in terms of a good, f- not fun, but good time at the movies, uh, aside from eating your popcorn so goddamn quietly you're afraid to chew because it's so quiet in the theater, it's a fun time. It's a fun movie. And and it is a, a fun f- movie. It is.
1: I, uh, yeah, so i mean you know uh, i'm gonna give you it's my like, i'm gonna give you like are you gonna fucking shit yourself in the theater that's a that's a 10 so i want to be honest like to the horror aspect uh but you you said a great movie especially uh, an emotional movie uh, nonetheless but uh you know we hope you guys enjoyed this episode uh focusing on a quiet place uh per usual i'm jay kington and uh alongside the one, the only EJ Golett, out in Southern California, we do appreciate you guys listening in, tuning in, and we'll be back soon with the new episode.
0: Yes, we are, and we definitely will be whoa, definitely will be back with more episodes this season.
1: And uh, it's our goal bitch. to Antlers, guys. Antlers,
0: bitch. So excited for you guys fucking finish. go. Jay and I have a lot to talk about, and we're going to watch a lot more horror movies. Um, So let's get it, guys. 2020 is going to be a fun year. If
1: you wanted me to go smoke weed and go balls deep in Aliens, just wait till I smoke weed and go balls deep in a fucking Wendigo. Oh, man, that's my passion.
0: Did you mean Winnebago? No.
1: Wendigo. 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 However you want to pronounce it. I want it fucking tatted on my chest. That's not even a joke. I literally want a, a Wendigo tatted on my chest. Like I, it's my, it's one of my favorite. Uh, what do you fucking call those things? Just cryptozoology, what, what, whatever. Like I love Greek, zoo, uh, like Greek myths and everything, but the Wendigo is is probably my favorite North American uh, crypto creature. So we're gonna have a blast with that one. It looks absolutely terrifying. Oh man. I'm, so I'm a weird dude, man. I'm a. You weird really dude. are,
0: and that's what I love about you. I think that's what's made our friendship stronger is because you teach me things that I didn't even know about, and I fucking love it.
1: I'm like a soft-boiled egg, man. you got to crack me ever so softly, but the inside is so worth it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're like a Cadbury egg, dude.
0: I'm, yeah. ready. <laughs> I'm ready for that caramel cream feeling.
1: Let's All right, guys. Let's be good, listeners. We appreciate the time from... Miami to L.A., baby. Be blessed.
0: Have a good one, guys. R.I.P. Kobe.
1: R.I.P. Kobe. Check out Kobe Bryant's Muse if you haven't already. If not, just just R.I.P. Kobe already.
0: Uh, Have a good one, guys. Later. (laughs)